Greetings, everyone. This is Greg Drevenstead, Editor-in-Chief at Writer Magazine, and your host for the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast. Our guest today is Valerie Thompson. Known as the Queen of Speed and the world's fastest female motorcycle racer, she is a professional racer and owner at Valerie Thompson Racing. Thompson is an eight-time land speed record holder, and she's a member of seven 200-mile-per-hour clubs, one 300-mile-per-hour club, as well as the Sturgis Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Thompson clocked 328.467 miles per hour on the Bub 7 Streamliner. At the upcoming Bonneville Speed Trials, she will attempt to break the overall motorcycle speed record of 376.363 miles per hour, which was set in 2010 by Rocky Robinson in the Akatak Streamliner. Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, your career, your racing career goes back more than a decade and you've achieved the title <laughs> of the world's fastest uh, female motorcycle racer. So how did you get started in racing? Um, well, I got started in just racing because I was racing um, on the street and somebody had told me to take it to the racetrack. And uh, once I got there, I, I never left. So um, you know, I, I really didn't know what we were, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just having fun, making some hot laps and, you know, just trying to push our street bike on the racetrack to its limits. And, um, you know, we never did burnouts because we always wanted to save the tire to, you know, get back home. But um, I quickly learned that I needed to do some burnouts, but not on my bike. Right. So um, Rick Hatch from Hacienda Harley Davidson said, I got this uh, V-Rod Destroyer. Will you race it for our dealership? And that was like, oh, my gosh, that was the it bike. Everybody wanted that bike to race because it was first the first Harley Davidson motorcycle um, drag bike right out of the box, nine second, mid nine second bike. And um, it was a great bike. It was a great learning uh, bike, definitely for me. So you are a full-time racer? I am a full-time racer, yes. I had a little pickleball career in my racing as well. So that's a part of my fitness regimen, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> so uh, you had a career in banking, I, I, I understand, and that you are yes. now a full-time racer. So it sounds like you're living the dream at this point. I, I, I am. I've, I've, I'm juggling two careers right now. Um, but yeah, I went from banking for from 13 years of being, you know, I, I finally got laid off. Um, they said I could move to Ohio or I could, you know, get my severance package and be on my way. So I decided to take a leap of faith and took the severance uh, package and took a little time off to decide what I wanted to do. I mean, I could quickly go back into the banking industry. I, I was definitely a, a, a good employee and definitely knew what I was doing there, but um, I knew that there was something else for me. So uh, the racing that you've done is you've done some drag racing and you also are now known for doing some land speed racing. Are there other types of motorcycle racing you've done? Or is it mostly about trying to get as fast as you can in a straight line? Um, it just, just mostly as fast as I can. I, I did take the Keith Code um, uh, road racing school, um, but um, I found out quickly that that wasn't the right um, thing for me. However, all I wanted to do was uh, see what my BMW S1000 RR had. I wanted to know what the capability 
and what the hype was about my bike. And all I knew is going in a fast straight line, but I really wanted to know what it was really all about when you're road racing. Well, I'm sure some people that have never tried to do any drag racing, I've actually been fortunate to, to have a couple of attempts to do it uh, during press launches. I did it once during a Harley Davidson V-Rod press launch. I did it once at a ZX-14 launch and they actually had Ricky Gadsden there trying to give us some pointers. And yeah. is what I think people that have never attempted uh, a drag racing run don't realize is it's not just a matter of letting out the clutch and hitting the gas. It's there's oh. so much more <laughs> yeah. involved in just, I mean, it's, it's, it's instinct and timing is that it's a lot harder than people I think probably fully understand. I think some people that ride motorcycles can probably understand the challenge of going fast around corners, but going fast from a dead stop is a whole world in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's a lot that goes on in a drag race and it's not just, you know, beating the record. It's, it's now beating your component uh, uh, opponent. And it's now like, there's the lights that you go the Christmas tree, you got, we call it the Christmas tree. Um, you know, it's the form, it's the procedure. Um, and it's getting to the end of the racetrack all in one piece too. <laughs> Absolutely. And stop and see. Sure. So when you're at the line as, so do you know, like, as soon as you've gotten started, whether you've had a good run or not? I mean, because everything happens so fast. I mean, it's literally just, you know, it's, it's milliseconds can mm -hmm. determine a good run from a bad run. Do you have a, a feel for when you're with, whether you have a good run or a bad run almost right away? You know, it's in all, it's all about in the line, you know, the first 60 feet. Um, and you know, when you, you've actually done a good job on the line, um, you know, the, the, the time slip really tells the truth, um, but your gut instinct also does too. So, yeah. So how did you get into uh, land speed racing? That's a whole other dynamic here. It's, it's typically a slower start sometimes. I mean, it depends on, uh, you can hopefully explain to us sort of how you go fast on the salt, because that's not a surface people would be familiar with. Right, it definitely but, but it wasn't, wasn't a, like. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a surface I was familiar with because as I was a drag racer at the time, um, it was my sponsor, Legend Air Ride Suspension, uh, Jesse Jurens. He has had all these custom built motorcycles and he was a big uh, supporter of the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials. Um, at the time it was the Bub Speed Trials. And um, so he was out there with his, you know, nice custom bikes, showing them off, especially with their legendary suspension. And he was the one that asked me to come and ride one of his really stretched out long custom motorcycles. And they're all, they're all amazing. And I said, oh my gosh, I would love to ride your bike, but wait a minute, at the Bonneville Salt Flats? <laughs> I, was, I was deathly afraid of the Salt Flats only because I thought I was gonna like slip around and if I turned the corner too tight, you know, I would just, the bike would take me off. Um, and it, the surface was unpredictable, you know, I, like I had never touched or seen the Salt Flats. Um, and so uh, the bike that I was, riding and racing at the time was a V-Rod, a turbo V-Rod. Uh, Charlie Mitchell, he was um, an owner of a custom performance along with Nick Trask, who still owns, Nick Trask owns um, Trask Performance. And so I rode, raced their V-Rod destroyer, or not, not their destroyer, but their V-Rod, turbo V-Rod. And 
Jesse had told me to bring my own drag bike or my own bike, you know, that I was racing. I said, okay, I'll do that. But he took some laps down the racetrack and blew it up. So I never got a chance to even ride his bike, <laughs> but it was definitely an experience that I had never had before on the salt flats. And I did for my first run with Chabron, I went 153 miles per hour. Wow. So that was quite a, a really nice accomplishment. <laughs> Well, I know you are a member of several 200 mile per hour clubs and you have a very rare accomplishment of being a member of a 300 mile per hour club. People I've spoken to before, I've never gone 200 miles per hour, but they said that, you know, the difference of just a few miles per hour, you know, at that level is, is, is very different. So then to add a, a complete other level to go up another 100 miles per hour is uh, how did you progress through the land speed racing ranks, you know, to basically not everybody can race at that speed or at that level. So uh, how did you progress up through those ranks? Well, I definitely have uh, brought my patience and definitely did um, race motorcycles of all kinds. I've, I've been on uh, a lot of different uh, brands of motorcycles, uh, especially on the salt flats and um, some slow, some fast, but definitely had did my time. Um, and when Carrie Alter asked me to ride his BMW S1000RR, that was the turning point of going over 200 miles per hour. And that's where it started this monstrous speed that I was really going for. I always wanted to be fast. You know, I always wanted to be the fastest in my, you know, my class. Um, but when I started racing that S1000RR, it was like a night and day difference from what I was riding. And um, once I once I accomplished what I wanted to on the BMW, um, there was just the opportunity that came to ride. Uh, they were looking for a racer to bring sponsorship to the Bub 7 and, um, you know, and to race. So I've known Dennis for a long time and uh, I started, you know, racing in his uh, event at the Bub seven or the bud motorcycle i can't even say it right anymore because it's not even in existence but i am racing the bub seven streamliner but it was the bub um you know motorcycle speed trials and now it's the right. bonneville motorcycle speed trial so that's a handful <laughs> right so i've actually only been to the speed trials when it was still called the bub motorcycle trials it was back in 2008 yeah. i got a chance to meet dennis manning and i got to see the bub seven streamliner in that iteration i know it, it those Vehicles like that are always evolving. They're always being developed and improved and so forth. And uh, the conditions were not such that year that they could do a, a, a full run to attempt the record. And so in that situation, um, can you tell listeners what it would be like for, what, what conditions do you need for you to really go after a record-breaking run that's gonna be, the current record is 376.363 miles per hour and you've gone over 328 miles per hour in the Bub 7 Streamliner. What conditions do you need to be there to be for you to make an attempt at that speed? Well, racing at this level of, you know, the highest level, the record, the only record that is the highest, you know, 376 miles per hour, um, your conditions um, have to be zero to three miles per hour. We don't race our streamliner with more than three miles per hour of any direction. And so that's the number one thing that we have to be very patient for when we are at the salt. 
uh, of flats. And so, um, you know, that it, everything else gels afterwards. So it's got to be as dead still as it can with dead no crosswinds, headwinds, tailwinds, just as minimal wind. And then uh, the salt itself, it, it, the, the condition of the salt varies year to year. Uh, some years I know it may be if it's, uh, it can still even be wet and they have to wait for it to dry. Is that also something you're challenged with? Oh, Maybe absolutely. The here, surface, but... yeah. The surface uh, goes along with the wind. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 we prep, when they prep the track, it's actually really good for us motorcycle. Um, racing and uh, speed week, we, we don't even bring the bike to the speed week because there are so many uh, dips, because there's so many heavy cars that make uh, launch and the, their cars from the starting line has a, a nice little dip in it. And I know that for a fact because I raced the Target 550 car and that it's only, you know, eight over 8,000 pounds. So, you know, can you imagine that digging into the salt and creating, it'll upset the motorcycle, definitely. <laughs> sure. So the, obviously the motorcycle trials are going to be dedicated specifically to those bikes. So they're at a completely different time. The track is, 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 Yes. prepped in a different way. So for the motorcycle um, trials, how long is the track and sort of what is the progression of the length of the track? I mean, you have, you have a time to get up to speed because you don't have the grip that you do on pavement. So you need a run up time to get through the, the timing lights. So, so how, how does that progress? Uh, how it progresses is that, um, so in a perfect world for the Bub 7 Streamliner, we would need 10 to 12 miles um, from start to finish. We start at mile zero and I get towed up to 50 miles per hour. And I have, it's mandatory that I release the tow rope at 50 miles per hour, stick it in first and I'm on my merry way. So um, in my world, first gear is like around 190 miles per hour. Second gear is probably 230-ish mm, plus plus 250. Um, sec third gear would be about 300, <laughs> and fourth gear would obviously be you know from 350 on up. So um, I have been 363 miles per hour with not a happy ending um, in the Bub 7. Oh, did it, did it, it was it a crash? I mean, or uh, it yeah, just did I, Yeah, I crashed at 363 miles per hour. Oh, that's good. I say bad. that with a smile because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be smiling about it, that's for sure, because we are, have been, you know, rebuilding the motorcycle for three and a half years. Uh, we're getting ready to race it here at the Bonnie Bell Motorcycle Speed Trials in August. And so this will be the first time that I actually get to go race in it since the crash. So um, the crash, you know, was devastating, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, due to the high winds that we encountered, um, that's, that was the result. And, and that's why we are so dedicated to our speed and our safety, our safety first, our speed comes next. But um, yeah, we definitely um, don't race that motorcycle fast with high winds. So you're in a streamliner situation, this is what most people wouldn't be familiar with in terms of, you know, if you can, I know there are um, uh, many motorcycle classes, there are motorcycles that would be familiar to people. You're talking about the S1000RR, there could be Suzuki Hayabusa's, there could be all kinds of motorcycles. But in the case of a streamliner, 
you know, it looks like essentially a two-wheeled rocket. It's enclosed. You're in a essentially in a um, what it's not a capsule, but uh, you're completely. I'm, I'm in a closed vehicle, or right. you know, I'm in a closed motorcycle, and you know, not not to mention it being enclosed is that I'm actually like a couple inches away from the floor to the ground. You know, so. Uh, I'm totally strapped in with a, a, a harness of all different directions. My arms are strapped in, my legs are strapped down. Um, and, you know, the safety and, and the bike, uh, how they built the motorcycle, it has actually is what saved my life. Well, in terms of, you know, safety features, it seems like I said, you're, you're, all, you're all strapped in and you've got all of your uh, safety gear on inside there, and, yeah. and then you're in radio communication with your team during the run. No, I, I no, no you're not. No, is is that because you're not allowed to be, or is it just would be too distracting for something like that? I, I believe it would be too distracting for me. Um, you know, because you know they can't catch up to me. They don't see what I see. I, right. I have the front row seat to history, so you know they don't. They're way back there. <laughs> they're still trying. To catch up to me, um, to even get to the okay. end of the racetrack. I didn't know if there were like sensors and they could be monitoring, you know, the sort of the what what's going on with the engine or any of the systems, you know, as you're going. Like I've oh, well, they can now. Yeah, we, okay. we've got some new uh, things coming out that we can do that. So okay, okay, right. So um, this has been uh, there's been a rivalry between the Bub Seven Streamliner and the Akatak Streamliner. That that mm -hmm. the current record was set in 2010 by Rocky Robinson and the Akatak Streamliner, mm -hmm. and um, so to to break the the record of 376.363 miles per hour, you've got to do two runs. Is that correct? Correct. I have to do a return run, and it has to be done within two hours. And, and so I have to cross the timing light within two hours. <laughs> So what is the, the the timing the time limit for? Is that do you have to go through a tech inspection between the runs, but then they want to make sure that it's you know has to be on the same day or what's with the yeah we have to do it on the same day and actually where we end up at the racetrack we pull off to the side and that's our pits okay. uh, when we're ready to make our return run within our two hours period um, you know we'll we'll tell we'll call the tower and tell them that hey we're above seven is ready. And that's when we'll go down the track, uh, you know, providing the weather, everything is that all the conditions are right, uh, with, you know, with the wind and whatnot. So with a motorcycle, it's, it's on two wheels uh, and with a streamliner, how does it sort of stay upright when it's parked and how, how I mean, how do you get a streamliner turned around? I mean, it sounds like very silly, but it's like people hate doing U-turns on a regular motorcycle. So how do you oh, do I know, right? <laughs> so um, we, we, uh, we, pull the motorcycle close to the uh, trailer and we have a harness that they lift up. It, it's, a, it's a harness and they lift it up and they put it underneath a, uh, a cart. And uh, so that's how we kind of move the bike around and it's battery operated, a cart, and um, it's very secured. And actually that's how it travels in the trailer okay. as well. So um, yeah, they just, you know, push it. We, it's actually, you can push it right up there, but um, and as you ask about how do you balance, well, it has two skids on each side. And so with the skids, you're able to balance the motorcycle. And that's how I get up to, uh, I get up to about 80 miles per hour and I put the skids in. Okay, At that time, the gyro effect really kicks in. I am uh, unleashed from the, the tow rope, you know, at 50 miles per hour, I'm already in first gear. 
And when that gyro uh, effect really kicks in, then you can really feel the motorcycle like really going. Wow. That's awesome. Like I said, I've only been to the speed trials once. It was pretty impressive. They're still, they're open to the public? Are they? Yes. Yeah, it's all open to the public. Uh -huh. The Bonneville Assault Flats is actually open to the public. Um, you just can't have big events on it unless you need to get a, a certificate or you have to get a, a you know approval from the Bureau of Management. Right, right. Well, what I recall is that the, the pits are, um, you know, it, it's like a large paddock area that's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's pop-up tents and RVs and everybody's got, you know, their, uh, the trailers to work on various vehicles and, and bikes. And, and so it's a, it's a buzz with activity. However, you can't get close to where the runs are being made. You know, that's okay. what something that most uh, people don't realize as a spectator, you've actually got to be pretty far away. So you really need some binoculars or something. You can hear the run, but you're, it's not like you're in the stands next to a drag strip. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's a nice, that's what's really different about the Bonneville Salt Flats. I mean, you there are, uh, you know, spectators that can be up at the front uh, line as we leave the line, but they don't actually get to see us in motion, you know, going down from, you know, third mile to fourth mile to fifth mile. So um, I know that normally when we get to race and we're in going down the racetrack, I know that a lot of people do stop and um, they are interested in seeing what we do and how fast we go. Do, uh, do they run any drones or anything to do photos or video? Because when I did it years ago, we didn't have drones. They were, you know, like I said, it was 2008 yeah. and they hadn't, they, you know, they may have existed, but they weren't the sort of things you can buy from Amazon. But do they do anything like that to get sort of an aerial view of, of the run or is that something that uh, it's not permitted? It, it really depends. I mean, it's it's more, yeah, we've, we've had some drone um, action um, on the salt flats, but that was because, you know, we had a movie crew following us and yeah. the movie crew was the one that brought the drones. But the event organizer, organizers organizers uh, don't have a drone, so I mean okay. that I know about. Um, I don't know because I'm in the cockpit. Sure, I'm exactly. Not, yeah, I'm you can't see it. Flying around me, I'll be still be faster than the drone is. But right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Well, but I haven't seen any like a part of their you know uh, you know event. You, you actually uh, brought me to one of the questions I was going to ask. So there's an upcoming documentary called Rockets and Titans that you're involved in. Can you yes. tell us about that? Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, it's it's about, um, you know, our team and along with the other teams that are competing for the, the record and, you know, who will be the first to go 400 miles per hour. Um, Dennis Manning and the rest of our crew is um, a big feature in this film. And, um, you know, it's you're not you're going to go to this movie and, and see the documentary and you're not going to leave with a dry eye it's your eyes are going to be all wet <laughs> all right so it, it gives me goosebumps it gives me chills um just thinking about you know sitting in the movie theater just watching it so do you know when it will be released i know a lot of things have been delayed with the pandemic and so forth yeah i i don't know when it's going to be released we're, we're all you know fighting at the chomps to know when it's coming. And you just hate to keep asking, well, when is it coming? When is it coming? I know they get that a lot, but um, we'll see when it does, you know? It, well, it's sure. getting close. I know it, it's getting close because they're asking me for photos like this. <laughs> you probably can't see it, but 
they're asking for photos of way back when I was a child. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sure to do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure some announcements will go out, and you know, our, our magazine website will have will have will send it out via you know social media and so forth like that. So look forward to watching it. So, um, you know, you've you've got been earned titles such as the Queen of Speed, the world's fastest female motorcycle racer. What does it feel like to be, you know, have just titles like that, honorifics? You know, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it is a big deal. Um, you know, it doesn't make me, it, it makes me, I, I feel proud of myself, you know, just knowing that I've come um, from such, you know, a lower end of speed and go gracefully uh, rise above the speed now. Um, you know, whenever I do something, I always, I put a 200, 1000% into, into doing what I'm doing. And um, I'm just having the time of my life. Uh, it's not easy sometimes behind the scenes of, you know, the sponsorship supporting us and, you know, we don't have any move, uh, like we don't have any filming, uh, we're not on camera, we're not on TV type stuff. So it's really hard for some big companies to come, you know, and join us to be a partner, but that's, I guess, would have to be one of our biggest struggles, but, um, the uh you know just to have this title is is quite amazing and it feels great so and not to mention it takes a team i'm not the only one that helped you know it's my teammates that actually got me to be where i'm at absolutely i know there's i mean working at a magazine i know there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes i always call it kind of like making the sausage you know it's like you know is that there's so much more that goes into it there's always it's always a team effort is that you know that your name may be uh, most visible, uh, you know, in some of the coverage, but um, all of the effort that goes into it behind the scenes is really what makes it possible. So, you know. They make me look good. So they make yeah. me look fast. <laughs> I am fast. <laughs> well, Hopefully you, we can be faster this year. <laughs> well, you mentioned that uh, it was, what, 2017 when you did the 328 mile an hour run? Um, in the yeah, uh, 2018. 2018, okay. So and that's the same year I crashed. So okay. I, I did that within a few days okay. of, of each other. Yeah. So you've got four years that you've been, you said the the, the Bub 7 Streamliner has been rebuilt. Um, right. You've been preparing. This will be the first time that you've raced that Streamliner again in, in quite a long time. Did the pandemic and all the lockdowns and stuff, did that disrupt your training, your preparation uh, at all? I, I assume that there were no trials last year. That's right. Um, yeah, we, we didn't. They didn't have the Bub 7 or the Bub, Bonnie Bus motorcycle speed trials, they didn't have that last year, but I have been training. I have been, you know, training hard at the gym. You know, I've been playing my pickleball for my, you know, fitness regimen as well, cardio. Um, but also I have been racing another sit-on bike. Um, I also raced in the Target 550 Streamliner car. So at, at Speed Week and, and a couple of other events, and we are actually, we're supposed to go to Australia um twice uh 2019 and 2020 but we got held up because of the pandemic but the streamliner is still in australia oh okay <laughs> however yes so you know we've talked about drag racing and land speed racing and i've you know people i've talked to uh when i went to speed trials is to talk about the kind of the salt addiction is that once they go once and then they just feel compelled it becomes kind of an obsession they keep going back um, 
do you have a, a preferred, do you like drag racing versus land speed racing? How are the challenges different? Uh, and is it is it the rush? Is it the top speed? Is it the overall challenge? I mean, right. I, I like them both. I, I, they both have the same effect, but you get to do, when you're drag racing, you get to do it more often. You know, you get to right. be on a circuit and you get to go to different states and you get to see all your fans in all different states. And that's what I miss. You know, I, I love that. Um, I love that part about it. Uh, racing at the bottom of those salt flats, you're, you're limited. You can't test. You can't go to the Bonneville and, and take out a 25 foot motorcycle streamliner and bring all your teammates there to go and test, you know? So testing is really testing in a run, you know? Right, right. So everything that I do behind the scenes for my fitness and, you know, my mental aspect uh, all, is all behind the scenes. And when I get into that motorcycle, you know, the lights come on. <laughs> I get to shine, it's my racetrack. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's something that people don't think about is that, like you said, the, even though the salt flats, you know, the conditions have to be right, the track has to be prepared. And then, you know, I, that was the case when I went a number of years ago is the, the both the Act Attack and Bub 7 Streamliners were there, but they couldn't do full runs because the, the weather is what the weather is. You know, if it happens to be windy most of that week is maybe some of the, you know, the, the bikes in different classes that aren't going for outright records. Uh, can compete, but uh, at that level, um, you know, if, if the weather doesn't cooperate with you, then that's that's got to be a real challenge because you've got to plan this event far in advance. You've got to prepare for it far in advance. You can't just say, "Oh, we'll come back next week." Yeah, no, you you know, I mean, you got paperwork. You got to apply for it. You got to apply for AMA, the FIM. Um, you know, you have to get physicals. At, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of paperwork just to get you know, to the salt flats prior, and you have to do all that prior to um, coming to the salt. And, you know, and then you got to get everybody ready for it, you know, and it's like, we all have to gel. We haven't been, you know, doing this for a few years. So our routine, we have to go through routine. Everybody has, everybody has a task that's on our team. And we have a, a crew of 14 to 16 people. So um, without all those people there, then, you know, I don't know, we can accomplish what we do on the racetrack. So the speed trials are coming up, you said they're in August and they cover, yes, they're they're in August. Of, what, are, what are the dates? August 28th, um, first I'm gonna to go to Speed Week and that's yeah. August 7th through the 13th, I think. Um, so I'm gonna ride a sit-on bike for uh, Turbo Tiger, I'm gonna be on a Kawasaki, a Turbo uh, Kawasaki. And we're gonna go for FIM record <laughs> at the Bub Seven Street. So I'm gonna race the sit-on bike, and I'm gonna be on the Bub Seven Streamliner. Okay. So um, looking forward to you know just getting some uh, runs down the racetrack in, during Speed Week uh, to prep me for the Bub Seven. So I'm looking forward to that. Great. Been a while. It seems like it's been forever since I've been in the seven, <laughs> the Bub Seven. Well, yeah, you said if it's been a few years, I mean that's going to be that'll be a big deal. So uh, you know, we we wish you the best. Uh, you know, is there anything else you want to tell folks about the the speed trials you're racing? Anything else you got coming up you want to talk about? Well, I'm entering my first pickleball uh, tournament this weekend. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I I am a full pickleball player now. I play pickleball. I probably. I've played 10 days in a row now getting ready for this tournament and I'm playing a lady singles and I'm playing a mixed doubles. 
Um, trying to see if there's another sing, uh, mix double ladies that I can play with. And for those that don't know pickleball, pickleball is a, a little ball. It's a wiffle ball and a paddle. It's just like tennis. You know, it's just a smaller court. So uh -huh. um, yeah, you're moving just like tennis. I, I was a former tennis player okay. uh, in high school, at a high school. And, um, you know, I, I just thought it was going to be a part of my fitness regimen. And after the eighth time I played, I said, I really want to try to do this like bigger. I want to go big in it. <laughs> and that, I can do that because, uh, you know, there's so many tournaments in so many different states and pickleball is so fast and it's the fastest growing sport. Um, and not to mention, I mean, there's so many similarities with pickleball and racing. So, um, you know, like when I feel like I've had the slowest run in my run and I knock out a 328 mile per hour time. Well, when I'm hitting the ball, it's like, it seems like it's forever. It's like, wow. So does 328 miles per hour feel right. it's slow. It's like everything's in slow motion and everything is slow motion in pickleball as well. So do you play indoors or outdoors? I play outdoors. outdoors. And we, even, we even built a court, a pickleball court. <laughs> and you live in Arizona. What's it like playing in the summertime? <laughs> Today's 110 degrees. We stopped at 105 degrees. Okay. okay. So yeah, but, it, but it's good for me because it's acclimating me to the salt flats and, you know, being at the salt flats, you know, you, you have to bring your fitness regimen out there you have to bring your training. You, you have to eat good, you know, all the right foods out there, all the right drinking out there as well. You know, the hydration, um, and the water, you know, you can drink water all day long, but you have to have other things in that water to go with it. So, right. um, and that's what I'm learning about my body now because you know i'm playing in the 105 degree weather and the sun is beating on you you go to the bonneville salt flats you know i'm in a fire suit and i feel like i'm 115 degrees and i got a helmet on and then i gotta be in an enclosed vehicle you know i feel like it's hot i do have a cool suit so the cool suit helps me cool down it helps my heart rate you know i gotta get my heart rate on a nice pattern I play pickleball, my heart rate, you know, my breathing has to be right as well. So that I, every time I step on the court, the pickleball court, I feel like I'm in race mode. So it gets me in race mode. So that's my training. <laughs> well, and I don't think, you know, if people have never been there, almost everybody's heard of the Bonneville Salt Flats, but I mean, it's in what Western Utah, pretty much the middle of nowhere. And the nearest yeah. town is West Windover. And, you know, yeah. it's near the Nevada state line. And um, it is, you actually, you know, listeners can't see it now, but you have it as a background and we're doing a zoom. I do. I got, I it, and it's so, you, you can see the mountains way out there in the distance, but then it's just this white surface that just seems to go on forever and ever. Forever. And so it, like 25 miles worth of surface of the salt. And it's like, but you can see the curvature of the earth as well. So it gets really hot out there if you're going to be oh. there in late August and you want it to be in late August so it'll be dry because in the wintertime there'll be yeah. you know, it could be some water out there so it needs yeah. to be hot and dry for the best conditions but so like I said we definitely wish you the best at both the speed trials and at the uh, the speed week and then the motorcycle speed trials I hope the uh, weather cooperates with you in the conditions so how do people keep up with you how do they follow you do they have a website social media 
Yep, I, I'm all over on social media, but if you go to my website, which is ValerieThompsonRacing.com, um, I have all the proper click buttons to the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and my YouTube uh, channel as well. So great. Go there well, and give me a click and give me a likes whenever you can. <laughs> I sure appreciate we, it. Yeah, we'll we'll include some links in the show notes and make sure that uh, folks can reach you that way. Um, you've been very generous with your time, Valerie. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, wish you the best of luck. And um, since we're doing this interview before this speed trials, it, is what we'll do is we'll check back in with you after the run, after August, okay. and, and see how you did. Does that sound good, Valerie? Absolutely. Great. Hopefully, I'll still have the big mile per hour glow, and I'll be faster than 200 or 328 miles per hour. That's great. Like <laughs> right now, you're witnessing the 300 mile per hour glow. Right. So maybe I can have the 350 mile, 370 mile, 80 mile per hour glow. I do have to take some uh, hot laps down the racetrack before I get to, you know, go full throttle on the racetrack. So sounds good, Valerie. Thanks again. And for the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, I'm Greg Drevenstead. Thanks for listening and keep the rubber side down. If you've enjoyed listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating, and tell your friends. We also encourage you to visit ridermagazine.com, where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Rider Magazine which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening.